Hello again, it's Apostle Jared here, Day in the Life of an Apostle, Day 2. So yesterday I told you about Seattle, and I told you about all of the perseverance it took to get to Kenya on our recent trip. I do want to talk about what happened when we got there. So we met with the governor of Transnazoya County named um, George Netumbeu. And he's a great guy. We had a great meeting. That was just a divine appointment. And uh, a lot of our thoughts about how we could help the region. See, as an apostle, you want to help a region. Um, it's not about necessarily making a, a big meeting for yourself, which you have to do those as well. I don't want to discount that. But outside of the meetings that you have, when I say meetings, I mean church meetings where we're preaching, where we're healing the sick and teaching about the kingdom of God. You can't leave a region as an apostle the same as when you found it. And so the region needs a food mill. The region needs roads. The region needs hospitals. People are dying every day on the way to the hospital. When I met with the governor, he said, you know, in this five years, if the only thing I accomplish is the hospitals and the ambulances, I would be fine. Because uh, he didn't tell me this, but... I kind of ascertained it. When somebody gives you their priority and then they give you the number one out of the list of priorities, there's a reason. There's always a reason. So my guess is that he knew or someone close to him or someone he knows or a story of a pregnant mother going to the hospital that has perished and died uh, unfortunately so, and wouldn't have if we had had the right uh, equipment and right care and the right treatment or the right person praying, but we didn't, and they died. And so when, when he says that, that when his priority, he gives me five priorities, and we agree on all of them, and then... In a moment of deep thought, he goes, you know, if the only thing we accomplish is the hospitals and the ambulances, I would be happy. Well, I'm like, well, I wouldn't be happy. But but for him, it would solve a need that was unspoken and said kind of under his breath and also in passing. It wasn't in the direct meeting. It was after we shook hands and we took pictures it was in the raw moment, the real moment of the leader when the heart spoke. And so I take that seriously. So as, as an apostle, you're looking for what's said and what's unsaid. And my nose is plugged today. And I apologize, but I still have to do this podcast. <laughs> you have to listen for what's said and what's unsaid. And so... We met with the national leader two days later, Noah Wakisa. He really resonated with the land sale. And uh, we were looking around for land to see how we could do a food mill. Somehow, this national leader that everybody wants to meet with found out we were there. And he goes, I'm two minutes away. He calls my host, Edward. And he drives over. And, and sure enough, within like 15 minutes... The guy everybody wants to meet with, he's he's 83 now. He's served many, many uh, government terms. Minister of Finance, Minister of 
forestry minister of minister of ministers. <laughs> I think the list is long. You could Wikipedia his name and then see all the different because I did. I looked it up. I'm like, oh wow, 83 to 85 is this, and he comes and. Uh, they're used to people always wanting something from them. But the long story short is when it was my turn to speak, I said, here's how we want to help. See, apostles help serve the mission and the regional call that the Father has spoken. So Father God has a plan for that region. The people live there, kind of know what it is, and sometimes they're stuck. Or they're not able to do it. Or it just takes the right person. And so I don't have to be inventive as an apostle when I go to a region that's not technically my own home region, but it is an assignment, such as I, I live in eastern Washington in the United States. Not Washington, D.C., Washington by Seattle, by Canada. And I work in one of the locations in Kenya, in Africa. Africa has many countries. Africa is not a country. Just have to say that. <laughs> many, 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 many nations in Africa. Africa's larger. There's a map that shows like China, America, India, Europe, and parts of, you know, some other countries all fit within the landmass of Africa. It's huge. It's huge. So I met with uh, Noah and we, we hit it off and he really connected because I connected with the, we connected because the, at the bottom of our value system, that the roots were for the betterment of Catalian Kenya and by virtue of what we wanted to do to help was the same thing. We had the same goal, a food mill. Now the food mill takes the farmer's maize, the crop there is maize. So I learned about all my regions. So the governor put out a 23-page manifesto. I talked about that last time. It's a business plan, but over there it's a manifesto. And I read every page of it. Most people in his own government don't read every page. Just read the thing that pe people will tell you the answers. It's an open book test. So I read it. Food mill, great. Food mill, we're tracking. And the food mill solves a big problem. Imagine if, let's just say, Illinois, where I come from, made all the corn for the United States. It doesn't, but let's say it does. And then they didn't have any way to process the corn, and the processing was in San Francisco and in Miami. Very, very far. And the farmers would raise the corn, inefficiently, by the way, and then ship it to Miami and San Francisco. They would process it, then ship it back, and they would buy it themselves again for 300% markup of what... It should have cost them. What I am effectively doing is building a food mill in Illinois to process the corn, eliminating all of that travel, all of that trucking, all of the issues there. And then they get to keep their profits and sell for maybe a 200% markup. Now my estimates, and it is an estimate, and in fact, I'll call it a guesstimate. I think after a couple of years, it would probably improve the whole region's economy by 10%. I mean, net in the pocket. I don't want to say, well, maybe gross. I don't know. But I think because of that, because the whole region is dependent on it, 
<coughs> excuse me, that um, the whole region would benefit by at least 10% more money in their pocket at the end of each month with a food mill in, quote-unquote, Illinois, as opposed to shipping it off because it provides jobs, they keep the money local, so forth, so on. It's really good. It would change everything. So that's the situation in Kenya. The Transnazoya County is the breadbasket of Kenya. It feeds the whole country, and they ship it from way on the west side all the way to the east side, and then all the way back to get processed. So we're cutting out all of that. Now, that's not like I didn't go to Kenya after I finally got there after losing Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I didn't go there going, this is what the Lord has said. I went there, and I talked to the people, and the the land, if you can imagine it with me, cried out and said, we need a food mill. I said, okay. Now, I don't have any money to do this. So what I did is I got home, and I wrote up a business plan about the business plan. An eight-page slide presentation through Canva.com. I highly recommend you use Canva.com. C-A-N-V-A dot C-O-M. It's templates made by people who know what they're doing. And you just make it yours. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. So I made a Canva.com presentation. They also have a recording present. So I made the pitch deck. That's what it's called because you're pitching an idea. used to be called a, a presentation. A PowerPoint we used to call it. Now it's a pitch deck. And I made a paper version and then I made one with a video with my face in the bottom and I talked about it. And I sent it to three people. And then two of the three have confirmed to fund it fully in the end of January. Now that's a verbal. I mean, I want to get excited, but I got to see paper. I got to see money and I have to see uh, a, a, a real commitment. But they said they would do it. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Right? And so now I'm building in faith off of verbal commitments because I believe them and I trust these people that they'll do it. And so in the meantime, I'm letting people there in Kenya know verbal commitment, money is coming. And I'm building in faith a control mechanism to make sure the money gets there. In this case, I have people on the ground that will do checks with purchase orders. The purchase orders will be then requisitioned to a requisition order with a double signature. They will be accessed by the bank account. They will be delivered and paid to the contractor doing the roads and the hospitals. All of that will be tracked back to Nairobi, and that will be tracked back to the United Kingdom and New York. All of it tracked. Track, 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 track. Accounting. So as apostles, you've got to be up on the finances because you're the one kind of overseeing it all. You can't not know what's happening. And just because you trust people doesn't mean you don't do audits. I trust but verify. That's a good line. Came from the 80s from Ronald Reagan. We used it in nuclear power a lot. Trust but verify. You trust the person, but you're going to log in and you're going to look at the bank statements. You're going to look at the transfers made. You're not going to let months and months go by and not know what the heck is going on in your ministry or business. I can't tell you how many times things have blown up because people haven't done that. So you're like, well, I I don't do that. Well, do it today then. (laughs) Do it today and check and spend a day, cancel your appointments and check to see what's going on. Check, put financial controls in place 
and verify them. It's not hard. I know you don't want to do it. It's not it's not fun. It's not exciting. But you got to know and sleep well. Ah, oh, I'm doing a good job. Or, oh, wow, what the heck? Why did we do that? Or, there's fraud happening. Alert, alert, alert. So you're responsible. You have a fiduciary responsibility to your people to make sure that money given gets to where it's going. And all the appropriate payments have been made and people aren't siphoning off money to go buy cars and other stupid stuff, which people do. So I think I'm going to leave you on that. I've got a meeting here at 9 o'clock. I have 